What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host as always, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition is Saban's Power Rangers, the latest film in the franchise that has been spanning, what, 25 years or so? Although it is a reboot, so it's not continuing on in the same tradition as the other things are. We're not like Power Rangers Wild Dino Thunder force or something like that no uh weird samurai dog creatures or anything else that i've come across over the past bunch of years so um we're not going to get into crazy things like that we are just going to talk about the movie here maybe a little bit of references to some other stuff but if you are interested in our opinions about the older movie for the 1995 i think if i remember correctly is when it came out that movie we did an audio commentary track for so go check that out This is just the hits and the misses breakdown of the 2017 film. And I want to warn everybody ahead of time, there will be spoilers in this review. So if you've not seen the movie yet and you don't want to know what happens, bookmark this, go watch the movie and come back later on. Or if you want the spoilers, because maybe that'll be the determining factor of whether you do see the movie or not, then go ahead and watch this anyway. But if you want a non-spoiler review, check out the Minuteman review. It's one minute long, very quick. And it's a see it or skip it kind of thing. And essentially, I'm just going to spoil it here. See the movie. It's good. So uh, that kind of cuts to the chase a little bit here. But there's more to break down here. And I want to start this by talking a little bit about something in case you didn't check out the audio commentary track and all the other movie trailer reactions and stuff that I've done in regards to Power Rangers over the past year of the marketing for this. Power Rangers was something that I was a huge, huge fan of when I was a kid. It was one of my major things that I gravitated towards. It was basically, like, I never got into sports as a kid. Maybe that's why I have a website called Fanboys, you know. But I took my sports uh, capacity, I guess you could say, and I applied that to professional wrestling, which is why I have Smartout Moment. But on the flip side of things, what the other aspect of the pro wrestling thing that I always used to like was storytelling and everything. I've always been a big fan of storytelling and of the whole dynamic of heroes and villains and stuff. So if you look at the category of the different things that I liked as a kid, you're going to see a lot of trends. Batman has always been my favorite superhero, but I always liked the X-Men, Spider-Man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, etc., etc., etc. Even though Terminator 2 is my favorite movie of all time, but even that was targeted a little bit more towards kids and stuff, so, you know, that and RoboCop and all that. Probably shouldn't have been watching them as young as I was, but, you know, let's uh, have that discussion another day. Power Rangers, which, you know what, actually, sidebar here. Power Rangers was one of those things that people were complaining every once in a while when I was a kid. They were like, this is too violent. Did I want to go into karate because of it? Yeah. Did I take up karate because of it? No, because I'm not athletic and I didn't actually want to do it. I just liked the Power Rangers. So, you know, that just goes to show you there that we don't have a whole generation of kids that grew up to learn martial arts and stuff. They don't piggyback off of what they learn from the kids uh, TV shows and stuff all that much. So anyway. Power Rangers was a huge thing from my childhood that I was obsessed with for a couple of years. It was the original series, and that's it. I got into Zeo a little bit, but that's when I stopped watching was... Did they do a full season of that, or did they do two seasons? I don't know. 
I wasn't watching it when they went into Turbo. I know that. And I can't even remember the names of any of the characters from the Zeo series that were like the villains and stuff. I eventually figured out it was the Machine Empire now that I've like looked at things over the past couple of years and stuff. But I don't remember the name of the like the main bad guy. And if I can't remember the main bad guy's name, that goes to show you how little I watched Power Rangers Zeo. Zeo was the death knell, but I always Every once in a while, every couple of years, I'd Google something. I'd, like, revisit the series a little bit here and there. You know, that kind of a thing where it was nostalgic memories from my childhood, and I would want to flash back every once in a while. So I've watched things like the Forever Red episode. I've watched to see that Tommy has continued on. He became the Red Turbo Ranger. He became the Black Dino Ranger, I think, or something. I don't know. And that he's like, you know, that they did in the Forever Red thing. It's like, oh, man, there's the greatest Power Ranger ever and all that. And it's like, fuck yeah, because Tommy was the shit. He was awesome. (laughs) And uh, I liked kind of keeping up with this without actually having to watch the series because the series is crap. (laughs) Let's let's be honest. I mean, it's not a good show. Even the old TV show that I used to watch as a kid was not good. And when I was a kid, I kind of noticed a little bit of some stuff here and there that I was sort of like, well, I don't really like that all that much. Like, why are they using the same footage all the time for when they transfer over to the Megazord? And why are they using the same footage every once in a while for when they're doing like, you know, the, the poses and stuff. And why the hell is it that every time that they get hit in the chest, sparks fly out of it. And it's a whole bunch of different things like that. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I looked at this series over the past bunch of years with two different perspectives. If I go with the rose colored glasses, it was an amazing time of my life as a kid. You know, you are just on top of the world. Everything is fantastic. These type of corny jokes and stuff that used to be on these TV shows. Some of them go over your head. Some of them are just fun because they're fun. Some of them you don't even realize are really all that stupid because you're not going to be like, really criticizing stuff. You're just going to think, man, White Ranger was cool. Green Ranger was cool. Red Ranger was cool. Isn't Kimberly hot? That kind of a thing. Everybody's first crush. So as the years went by, I started to realize just how bad it was. And, you know, you lose a little bit of your innocence with that. However, so much of it comes back when something like this happens. You know, we never got superhero movies all that much when I was a kid. And over the past dozen years it's been this big renaissance of superhero movies and they've been fantastic too like i used to love batman and i would tell people all the time when they would make fun of the batman series they'd be like oh mr freeze with that stupid puns and all that and i'd be like no watch the animated series it's so good and then we got batman begins and suddenly it was cool to like batman again and people would talk about yeah, well, you know what? Marvel is good and all, but they really only have Spider-Man. Who's this, like, Iron Man guy? He's stupid. And I would be like, no, you know what? Iron Man's actually kind of cool if you get into it. Nah, bullshit. Iron Man's stupid. Then we got Iron Man. Suddenly Iron Man's cool. Suddenly Captain America's cool. Suddenly Thor is, you know, something that we don't just make fun of. It's something that we embrace and we love. And he's a pop culture icon more than he ever was even though he's been a comic book character for decades. And I thought the same thing would happen here with Power Rangers. And I'm not too sure 
if it will or not yet, because the unfortunate thing about this movie is it opened up at a terrible time. We've got Kong Skull Island. We've got Life coming out, which is building a little bit of steam, actually. It looks pretty decent and all that. We've got Ghost in the Shell, which is going to cut into this market a little bit. And the big one out of everything, of course, well, unless you carry over Logan and maybe a little bit of carryovers from Lego Batman, the big one that's going to bite into this completely is Beauty and the Beast. So that's hitting people with nostalgia and it's a Disney movie. So that's kind of, it's going to hurt the box office for this. And what sucks is it shouldn't because this movie is good. Like it's not, I, I say this all the time and I say it in the Minuteman review and all that. It's not going to win Oscars. Although it could be nominated for like best visual effects or something like that. But this was just a damn good movie overall. Like I could see myself at the end of the year, looking back and saying this as one of my top five favorite movies of the year, it hit all the marks it needed to. And it hit a couple other things that I didn't expect that it would too. Like it took me by surprise that they were able to take it in a grittier way and that they would not lose themselves in it. Because some people go into this movie and they go, I want this schlocky, campy, you know, call back to my childhood. Other people look at this and they go, no, I want this to be gritty, realistic. I want that to be the reverse of what used to be in my childhood. I wanted kind of a mix. I wanted a little bit more on the realistic side. But I wanted it to not be like the DC films that are out now where it's so sullen and so bleak that you can't get any kind of humor out of it. Power Rangers are going to be humorous. They're Power Rangers. It's like their names are stupid enough as they are, let alone the whole idea of them fighting the Putty Patrol and all that. Like, you know, they're going to have at least a little bit of comedy to it. But I loved the tone of this movie and I loved the approach that they took to this. It was a big, big hit. Because they decided that they would approach this more like a superhero film and kind of get the same blend of humor and grittiness that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been using and operating with a, that kind of a formula over the past couple of years. And that is the perfect recipe, I think. So this turned out to be a movie that they had the right idea and it was just a matter of execution. And they executed it well, too. I liked all of the people in the cast for the most part, Billy Cranston is a character that I've never really liked all that much. I mean, he was always just the stupid blue Ranger, like back when it was the original five myself and most people I would have to say, were probably like, yeah, Jason, the red Ranger, he's the cool one. I personally would rank number two was Zach, then Billy, then Kimberly, then Trini. But I, you know, I was never going to pick the girl because, you know, when you were a little kid, it's like, I can't pick the girl. Oh, my God. That's, you know. But uh, this time around, Billy was my favorite character out of the bunch. He was the standout by far. But it's not because the other ones were terrible. It's because he was just really good. And um, RJ Siler is his name, I think. Uh, let me try to bring up that information here. Uh, RJ Siler, yeah. He was such a good actor in the movie to play that type of a part that I'm going to pay attention to this kid. This kid could end up actually being a damn good actor just in general going forward. Hopefully he doesn't get typecast in some kind of a role like that. Now the other actors, they weren't as good, but they did hit a lot of their marks in a lot of different ways. Elizabeth Banks was 
the best uh, Rita that I can imagine her being able to pull off. She was actually scary this time around. I loved the kind of like, I mean, they always made her like a, a witch. This time she seemed like she was a scary witch monster creature kind of thing and kind of um, making the other Rita look a little ridiculous in a lot of different ways, which is good because it should be making the other one look ridiculous because the other one is ridiculous in comparison to that. This Rita could fuck you up. The other Rita looked like somebody's mom wearing, you know, this weird tribal kind of outfit sort of thing. And I I love the original Rita for what she was. You know, I like that voice and everything. And my childhood memories are still intact because that's one thing about reboots is they might hurt the franchise in general, but they're not going to hurt the other movie if they do a reboot. So I liked this new version of Rita and I loved that they made her the original Green Ranger because, I mean, the whole Green with Envy thing, we know going into the future, Green is going to end up being the villain for, it should be number two, which of course, got to give a big thumbs up, big hit to the post credit scene with, uh, we got another person in detention here, Tommy Oliver, Tommy, where's Tommy? He's got that green hood that he left behind and all that. Very, very cool. You know, you can't not have some kind of a reference to Tommy like that. But I did love the whole angle of her being the original Green Ranger. That was a good way that they can bring that into the mix and explain the whole transition into Tommy being the Green Ranger in the future. However, they decide to, you know, go that route. We know they're going to go that route. We know that he's going to be working for Rita and he's going to be the Green Ranger. So that could be a good way to do that. I also liked Jason a lot more this time around. I thought he was a lot more likable than the original. He's a little bit bland, I'll admit, but that's because he's playing that superhero leader of the team role. So you sort of almost have to fall into the same pitfalls that the other ones do. Like Leonardo is my favorite Ninja Turtle. Most people tend to like the other three because they have a little bit more personality. I liked Leo because I like... This is going to sound so so uh, nerdy and so just, oh man, I, I hate that I have to admit it. I, even as a kid, liked Leo because I liked structure and organization. And I liked that he was the one that was like, hey, that's funny, Mikey, but maybe we should get back on track. Hey, Raph, I understand your, your anger, but maybe we should do this instead. And that's a great work being the smart guy there, Donnie, but intelligence isn't going to work for everything. Sometimes you need uh, street smarts and like, you know, like that kind of a thing. Maybe it's just something in my brain. I don't know, but I always liked Leonardo the best. And I like these type of characters too, because somebody like Jason from the show was always just kind of like a meathead jock kind of. And in this one, he is a jock. He is, you know, probably the least intelligent of the five, but he's got the heart for being a leader and that's something that you need to kind of have for that kind of a thing. It sounds so dorky for me to say it like that, but that's what the storytelling is supposed to be doing. I mean, this is his team. They say it in the movie. You are the leader of this team. Now, of course I'm a big pro Tommy guy. So if Tommy comes into the second movie, I'm going to be like, Oh yeah, Tommy fucking take control, man. Be the white Ranger again, white Ranger and green Ranger. Totally. Number one, they're tied kind of, although I, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards white Ranger and then Jason, and when the TV show had switched that whole thing with Jason over to Rocky, I didn't miss Jason all that much. 
and Rocky really had no personality. So that's kind of saying much. But I did like Jason a lot better this time around. I thought that the uh, actor, I don't know if it's Dacre or Dacre or Dacray or whatever. I think it's Dacre uh, Montgomery. He did a pretty damn good job. One of the misses I would have to say is I thought that Trini or is it Trini? I don't know. They kind of seemed like they were pronouncing it a little bit differently both times. She and Zach were both a little bit underdeveloped. And I don't know if that was a matter of like scenes getting cut or if they didn't really have as firm of grasp about what their characters should be. Because my impression with the five of them this time around was Jason is the leader. He's kind of the angry. Um, well, see, he wasn't even the angry one because Zach was kind of like the angry guy. So I don't know. They they, they got to figure Zach out a little bit more. He was kind of the fun one and the reckless one, I guess you could say, which is to a certain extent what Zach was like in the show, although he was sort of just like the, the suave, fun guy. It was more so in the original series, in my perspective at the very least, Kimberly and Zach were like the two of like the more flaky types. Billy is Billy. I mean, Billy is just, he's a smart one. He's the dork. You pick on him. He's the wimp, that kind of a thing. And they nailed Billy 100%. And they actually took that character and they, they upped the ante a hell of a lot more. The uh, I'm on the spectrum thing and, uh, you know, making the jokes about, well, they used to call me crams ton, uh, like cramming a ton of crayons in my butt and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, Trini in the TV show never really had too much of a personality. She was like not as smart as Billy, but she was smart. She was more so like the heart of the team. This time around, Trini didn't seem like she was the heart of the team. She was just sort of like bitchy, kind of. Well, not bitchy. I shouldn't say bitchy. She was just like whiny. Everything was, I'm depressed. I'm the emo one. You don't get me. I'm not really your friends. That kind of a thing. And I didn't really like that all that much. Also, did she need to be gay? Not that it bothers me. Not that it's like it hurts the movie in any way. But it kind of felt a little ham-fisted that they just threw that in there as like, well, why don't we make her a lesbian so that way we can sort of say that that's the reason why she's emo. Well, she didn't need to be emo. That was, you know, she could have just been a normal girl, even though they wanted to make all of them have some kind of an issue. Maybe just go with the whole I move around a lot and I can't make any friends thing instead of also on top of that, my parents are overbearing and on top of that, I'm also gay. It's like they were, they were kind of adding a little bit too much to Trini's character and none of it was fleshed out enough. Like if she uh, would have been maybe a little bit spunkier or something, I would have liked her character more. And the same kind of not the same. I don't know. It's it's not on the same token as Zach. Zach was spunky enough, but I felt the problem with his character this time around was I didn't get to really feel all that much about him. So, you know, he's got the thing with his mom, and that's like, oh, that sucks, dude, that you've got your mom is sick and all that. What's she sick from? Why is he by himself? Why is he kind of, like, what's driving him a little bit more? I wanted to, I wanted to know more. That's the thing is I liked this version of Zach, and I don't dislike this version of Trini, but I wanted more out of them. And I think maybe a couple of scenes could have done them some wonders. Although I do have to admit with Trini, she was my least favorite again. 
And I really was hoping that she would have been the heart of this group and she would have been the emo one in the sense of she's the one that feels the most connectivity to all of them. And she's the one that's kind of like, um, not, she can't be like the one that's picked on because that's Billy. Maybe she's the one that's the first one that opens up to Billy or something like that. Like I, I would have gone that route. So I, I was a little bit disappointed with that. Kimberly is sort of, I'm on the fence about her. She was lacking the charm that the original one had. Amy Jo Johnson's just, you know, she, she had something to her that was like this magnetism that this, uh, Naomi Scott, I think it was her name that she didn't bring to the table. Although I didn't dislike her. I thought that she was better than Trini was. And by the end of the movie, I was kind of hoping that we would get a little bit more, um, the, the bitchy cheerleader kind of angle with her. Like I wanted to, I wanted to dislike her. That was the thing. I wanted to dislike her at the beginning and then grow to kind of like that side of her. Like she twists it from the bitchy cheerleader who makes fun of people to the, uh, what's a good way to to say that? Kind of like the cocky one of the team a little bit. Like she's, she could be bad mouthing Rita a little bit, you know, I wanted that kind of Kimberly and we didn't quite get her. But I'm a big fan of how they cut out that little bit of the romance between uh, Kimberly and Jason. I think that they might have heard a little bit of a backlash from people about that because Kimberly is supposed to be with Tommy. So come on. Um, Speaking of Kimberly and Tommy, they make their cameos in the movie. Amy Jo Johnson and Jason David Frank pop up and you can't really dislike that all that much. I know it sometimes takes people out of the movie a little bit, but hey, I mean, it got a big pop from the audience from you know, the movie uh, theater that I was seeing it in. And speaking of big pops, the music cue of the Go Go Power Rangers, you knew it had to show up at one point. If they weren't going to put that on the movie, people would have been pissed. I would have been okay with it lasting a little bit longer. I love the music from the original Power Rangers show, whether it's that combat song, 541, uh, Go Green Ranger Go. All that stuff was great. So I would have been cool with them kind of keeping it on the in the mix a little bit more. But the fact that they have the Zords all, you know, popping up there, they're all getting charged up and it's like the go, go power Rangers. Everybody in the audience is just like, fuck yeah, man, go fucking power Rangers. That was cool. I liked uh, alpha five. Speaking of the whole Zord angle, alpha was cool. Bill Hader's got a good voice for it. They figured out a way to do the III where it wasn't annoying. Like it used to be. Didn't really like the, uh, the Zords themselves. That's going to be one of those misses. <laughs> I thought that even though we've got some good stuff, like the, the music and the whole movie, by the way, the whole, all the music was, was cool. I'm going to have to get that soundtrack a little bit later on, but the music angle behind the Zords made that seem cooler. And then when we started seeing the Zords, other than that, I was like, Oh yeah, they look a little bit more like transformers than I would really want them to be. And then the action carried over a little bit like that too. There was a little bit transformery where I couldn't tell exactly what's happening hundred percent of the time. So I didn't really like that, but I did like the action as far as, you know, I can tell that they're like kicking the putty patrol and the putties were cooler too. I mean, they're just big rock creatures, but they should have done that whole kind of thing at least once, you know, just for nostalgic purposes. I um, did like the action overall. I thought that the destruction at the end was a little bit over the top, but can I really complain about that considering the roots that we're talking about? I mean, 
that show had buildings blow up all the time. So if this is going to get, you know, the whole town is wrecked, it's kind of Power Rangers, you know. I didn't like the look of the town either. That's going to be another miss. The whole fisherman angle was weird. It was like, I don't remember the docks and boats and fish and all that being that big on like the TV show. And it didn't have to be part of the TV show to be a part of this movie. But in general, it felt more like I was looking at Maine than California, maybe like Rhode Island or something like that. You know, it didn't seem like it was, I don't know, bright enough or so. And the whole, like, uh, I said fisherman angle, but I don't know a better way to word it. The whole idea that they're like around the docks all the time and stuff just felt really strange to me. It was like that they wanted it to take place in Rhode Island instead. I don't know. So I didn't really like that. That's a miss. Uh, I'm going to bounce back to a couple of hits here. The <laughs> whole Alcoholics Anonymous meeting over the campfire. You know, I'm Zach and I'm a Power Ranger. Hi, Zach. That kind of a thing. I thought that was a great little joke there. The humor in general for this movie I thought was pretty good. Like, you know, the times I'm supposed to laugh, I'm laughing. And the times I'm not supposed to be laughing, I wasn't laughing at the idea that it was like, oh, this is so bad. You know, like the old Power Ranger stuff supposed to be taking some of it at least a little bit seriously that didn't come off in the slightest bit serious. Uh, I loved the others will come or more will come or whatever because that's kind of making me think Lord Zed's going to pop up. And this is the darker version. Lord Zed was scary enough as he was on the show. If they do a darker version of Lord Zed, he's going to be fucking a monstrosity. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, I absolutely loved that they were looking for the Zeo crystal because it's like if they're going to be looking for something and it's going to be some kind of MacGuffin, why not make it the Zeo crystal? Turn that into the thing that, yeah, that's like part of the morphing grid. It, it protects life. It's They took canon and they reshaped it, remolded it into better canon. And that's what you should do with these kind of reboots. You shouldn't take a movie that was good before and just redo it shot for shot, but you also shouldn't fuck it up. You should take what the problems were of the previous material and you should take as many elements as you can, put them back into the mix, but if you reassemble them in a way that can be better, that's the way to go. And they did that with the Zeo Crystal here. They did it with Zordon as the Red Ranger, which I love that aspect. Although... There's part of me that wishes he had been the White Ranger, and I'm going to spoil something here because it's probably never going to happen, and it's just going to show my my dork roots, but I every once in a while, if I'm bored or whatever like that, I work on a thing called Superhero Blueprints, and I try to map out how can I do as much of a superhero's whole saga, all the lineage of everything, there, all the villains, all the stories, how can I do it? in as tight of a compact story as possible. Now, when it comes to my Batman blueprint, I've got an outline that is 100 stories. My Superman blueprint is currently at 10, because I can't imagine there being that many more stories that I would need to tell. My Spider-Man one, I think, is around 17. My X-Men one is around 
nine, I think, because it's like, well, one story is legacy virus, one story is Sentinels hunting him down, one story is apocalypse, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I did one for Power Rangers a couple of years ago. It was going to be an outline of a more serious reboot, basically what we got. And uh, this trajectory that I had planned was very, very similar to this movie. I mean, certain elements felt like they were ripped straight out of it, but of course, they didn't copy my ideas because they never saw it. And some of those ideas are the same basic things that any decent writer would have made. So it's not like I can take credit for any of this kind of stuff. But one of the things was in my outline, we would open up the movie with Zordon leading a team of Power Rangers, which is what happens in this movie. And he would be the White Ranger. Now, the second movie would come along. Tommy would get the Green Ranger power. He would turn good. The power would be depleted and like a self-sacrifice kind of move. Zordon would use his remaining White Ranger essence, I guess you could call it, to sort of revive him a little bit, repair the power coin, and it would be purified and it would turn into the White Ranger power instead. They did something very similar in this movie with Billy being brought back to life. So I can't be like, hey, that's a bad idea because I had the same exact shit just in a different scenario. So while the fanboy in me is going, hey, Zordon should have been the White Ranger because the old series showed him in a white outfit and the White Ranger power came out of somewhere and it always made me think that it was from Zordon. That's just my personal preference. And if they weren't going to tie it in that way, having Zordon as the Red Ranger is absolutely 100% the right way to go. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. One thing, though, that I'm kind of on the fence about at least I was at first, was how Zordon was kind of a dick. He took me by surprise, and it made me dislike him a little bit because I'm used to the fatherly goody-two-shoes mentor kind of thing. But as the film progressed, I ended up coming around as it makes sense that he'd be a little bit more of a grizzled kind of guy because he was a warrior before, and he's been in hibernation for millions of years. And also, it gives him a story arc he goes from being somebody who doesn't trust the Power Rangers to somebody who is willing to sacrifice his ability to come back to life, essentially, by trusting in them that they'll get the job done. In the past, he was basically just like, yo, you kids have attitude. Here's some giant fucking robots in your command, and they can kill thousands of people easily, but I trust you didn't make any sense like that. So for him to have to learn to trust the teenagers and all that other kind of stuff, that's a better way of doing it. So I started out disliking Zordon and ended up liking him a lot. I'm on the fence about Krispy Kreme. <laughs> now I'm not talking about the donuts themselves because the donuts themselves, you can find much better donuts out there. If you are around like an Amish market or, you know, you can get, if you have a Wawa around your area, Wawa has better donuts than Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme donuts are still donuts, though. They're still pretty good. But the use of it in this movie is a little bit weird. You see, at first I'm sitting there going, oh, man, really? Krispy Kreme? They're name dropping this all the time. They must have spent a lot of money on product placement and all that. Why couldn't the Gazeo Crystal be somewhere a little bit less cheesy and all that? And about like the fourth time that they mentioned Krispy Kreme, I'm sitting there thinking to myself instead, it is cheesy. But so was fucking Power Rangers. Like we're talking about, they used to have 
a rec center where they would do gymnastics and karate lessons and stuff and Ernie's juice bar, which I'm disappointed they didn't choose the location for the Zeo Crystal being Ernie's juice bar or something like that. I think that that was a big mistake that they could have just done that. You know, just reference to that. Maybe the kids are hanging out in the juice bar afterward or whatever. I don't know. That was something that if I were on the creative team for this, I would have been like, hey, guys, can we change Krispy Kreme to a juice bar? Maybe get a sponsorship from one of those people instead. I also hate that they didn't have Bulk and Skull. They even had two people at the beginning with Jason, two delinquents. It could have been the two of them. Or the uh, bully that was picking on Billy, he could have been two people and it could have been Bulk and Skull. I don't know why they didn't do that. It's so strange that they decided not to do that. And we had Goldar in this and Rita. We didn't get Finster. We didn't get Babu and Squat. Babu and Squat are pretty stupid. And Finster wasn't necessary because she's not making other monsters with his help. She's making them on her own. So I'm okay with not having those. But you're in high school and you can have Bulk and Skull in the mix. Like, very disappointed that we didn't get that. I also kind of feel like maybe we needed a little bit more time with the parents to kind of get that whole parents just don't understand vibe. But maybe that would have dragged down the film a little bit. I don't really know. I mean, there might be another cut of the movie where they've got a couple more scenes. But I didn't really like Jason's dad. And um, we didn't really get to see Kimberly's parents. We only got one basic shot of uh, Billy's mom. Not really much backstory of his dad. That kind of stuff. So maybe in the future, maybe they'll dive into that a little bit more. But it's the story of the Power Rangers. It's not the story of their, their parents and stuff. So... I gotta say, this movie is a guaranteed hit for me, and I mean, it's it's not like I went into this thinking it would suck, but I didn't expect it to be this good. I actually liked it a whole lot more than I thought that I would. I would recommend this not only to the people that watched Power Rangers as a kid, because they're going to love the nostalgia, they're going to love seeing little callbacks here and there, little stuff like, you know, the joke about, you know, uh, I'm blue, I'm black. No, you're not like that kind of thing. But people that didn't watch Power Rangers as a kid, they can watch this movie too. And I think that they're going to like it. Actually. I don't think that this is going to be one of those movies. that's going to be like, well, if you weren't part of the bandwagon in the past, you're not going to get it like that kind of thing. This is about on par with, your average superhero movie. And I'm going to say something that maybe some people aren't going to really love all that much, but I liked this better than Dr. Strange. And I liked this better than a couple of the other movies that we've been seeing recently. Like, I mean, Kong Skull Island was fun, but this was better. And Lego Batman was a hell of a lot of fun, a lot more than I expected it to be. I think I like this one better. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a weird scenario here. I liked this better than the Iron Fist TV show. It, so far, this is my favorite movie that I've seen this year. As far as like walking out of it, feeling like I got the most bang for my buck and the most fun ride and all that other kind of stuff. Logan is the better movie by far. Lego Batman has a lot of things that 
really were on par with it and stuff like that. And I did like Kong Skull Island. And Split was good too, by the way. Go see Split if you haven't seen it already. Power Rangers, though, very, very surprising how much I ended up liking it. So this is as big of a hit as I can get it. I think that this is a movie that deserves to get a hell of a lot more money than it probably is going to make. So if you're thinking about seeing it, go see it in theaters because you got to vote with your wallet nowadays. We Otherwise, we're going to see a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles situation and it's just going to go away. Although those movies weren't anywhere near as good, so I'm fine with them going away. But this is a movie that could have at least a trilogy, if not six films. I would love to see not only the Green Ranger come on, I'd love to see them get new Zords, get the Thunder Zords, even the Ninja ones if you want to go that far down the line. Maybe even go into the Zeo whole lineup, although I didn't like the Zeo Zords and all that other kind of stuff, but keep it to the main core cast as far as I'm concerned and give us three movies. That's all I'm asking for. So go see the movie in theaters, go vote with your wallet, buy the DVD, all that other kind of stuff, because I want more Power Rangers. This is fucking awesome. I love this movie, and I hope that you guys love it too if you haven't seen it already. So uh, I can't really say anything else more. I spoiled, you know, majority of the things that uh, I wanted to spoil and all that, but there's still more to check out too. Either way, that's going to do me in for this rundown of the review point. I want to thank you all for listening, and I want to invite you guys to share your thoughts in the comments below. Who was your favorite Power Ranger in the movie? What were your favorite moments? What did you dislike? Whatever the case may be. Be sure to stay tuned to the website and the YouTube channel for more stuff coming your way. Just hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well, so you get notified of everything else that pops up. Probably the next time I'm going to be seeing you guys is my review for Ghost in the Shell, which I know nothing about. So we're going to see a flip side of things here. Big Power Rangers fan as a kid, never saw a single moment of Ghost in the Shell outside of the trailers. So, you know, that's a a 180 for sure. But this has been Review Point. I'm Tony Mango, and I'm a fanboy. See you next time, everybody. Geeks out.